You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Good evening. Our scripture is from the Common English Bible, Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. Jesus' birth. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax list. This first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. Announcement to shepherds. Nearby shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angel stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said, Don't be afraid. Look. I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God. They said, Glory to God in heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about this child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Tricia, thank you so much for reading our scripture tonight. I noticed during the children's sermon that our lay leader, Dainty, got to check off a lot of uh, words on her bingo card. Has anybody hit bingo yet? Not yet? yet? Oh, a couple hands. Okay, excellent. So remember, when you leave, I'll be in the back and I've got prizes. So Prince, I see two thumbs up from you. Maybe you could listen and do a bingo card for your sister too, so that way she can get a prize. That work? 
<laughs> oh, that would be a really good gift for her. Well, there are lots of Christmas traditions. The bingo card is a new one this year. If you all like it, we can do it again every year. You have to let me know. But it's a tradition in our church to gather for worship. We're not usually in this space. This is a beautiful space, but it's not our typical home. It's a new tradition for us to gather here, and it's also a new tradition to be live streaming. So hello to everyone that's joining us right now on Facebook or Zoom. We're glad that you're joining us wherever you are in the world. We have traditions as a church. We have traditions as families. Sometimes we have traditions to pass down from one generation to the next in a particular culture. Sometimes you're remembering your ancestors, and sometimes you're teaching the new generations growing up outside of your home culture to know what their ancestors did to celebrate Christmas. But what happens when traditions get disrupted? Over the last few years, all of us had our traditions disrupted in some way or another. Here at Central, it was disrupted both by our move out of our building and also by the COVID pandemic. We couldn't even gather for worship last year on Christmas Eve because of COVID. It was very disheartening to have to cancel on Christmas Eve at the last minute. But that's the life that we'd been living in these last few years. I know for many people, we had to change family traditions. Not everyone could get together in person. This year, maybe there's some people who are having issues with the weather. I know that I have colleagues in the Midwest who have already had to cancel their weekend worship services because of snow or ice or their buildings have lost power or heat. There's all different ways that we might have our traditions disrupted. We might long for how things used to be, the traditions we had in our family growing up, what church felt like when we were kids, or even just five years ago with normal life before COVID. We might use the word nostalgia to describe that feeling that we have about longing for the past. When I hear the word nostalgia, I usually think of something warm and fuzzy, things that I love that I really wish to experience again. So I was really surprised to learn that the word nostalgia was coined in 1688 by a Swiss physician named Johannes Hofer. Dr. Hofer combined the Greek, Greek words that mean return and pain to describe the suffering evoked by the desire to return to one's place of origin. The symptoms of the disease of nostalgia, as diagnosed by Dr. Hofer, included obsessive thinking of home, bouts of weeping, anxiety, heart palpitation, anorexia, and insomnia. Now, for many of us, nostalgia as an illness might describe how we felt that first COVID Christmas in 2020. Longing not just for a physical place that we call home, but longing for the people and traditions we could not celebrate with as normal. And now here we are in 2022, and we recognize that there are just some things we can't get back. For the congregation of Central, we can't go back to our building because it's currently under construction. We can't go back to all of the same traditions that we remember. But we can go back to that ancient text that grounds us and is the root of our Christmas tradition. The Gospel of Luke, proclaiming the birth of Christ.
That Christmas story tells us who we are and why we gather tonight. That story was told from one generation to the next, but it all started in a manger. Verses 18 through 20 tell us how this story began to spread following the birth of Christ. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. On that first Christmas, Mary was far from home. She too may have felt some nostalgia, longing for her home, longing for her mother and her sister, wishing they were there to hold her hand as she gave birth in that stable. But Mary allowed herself to be present to what was happening, to notice the miracle all around her. And she committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. Many children like to hear the story of how they came to be part of a family. For some, it's the story of a pregnant person giving birth to a new person who joins a family. For others, this story is one of seeking a child through adoption. I wonder what it was like for Mary to tell Jesus the story of his own birth as she remembered it. Did Jesus ask to hear the part about the angels again and again and again? Or did he want to hear more about those shepherds who showed up? The story of the birth of Jesus is what grounds us tonight in thousands of years of tradition. The story that Mary told to Jesus, the story that the shepherds told all that they met, the story that the angels proclaimed. We have inherited this story, and we inhabit a story that predates you and me and this place. The way the story is told from one generation to the next can vary greatly, from country to country, and from generation to generation. It was almost a thousand years ago that St. Francis was inspired to create a nativity scene. The beautiful image that we have here in the front of the chancel, this is one of those iconic images. It's only been around for a thousand years in 1223. Then 600 years later, following the upheaval in Central Europe caused by the Napoleonic Wars, a Catholic priest wrote a six-verse poem that began silent night, holy night. A hundred years after the first congregation heard the original silent night sung, that hymn was sung again, this time on the western front of the battlefields during World War I. It inspired the spontaneous Christmas truce between Allied and German soldiers who had been fighting one another just hours before. Then a few years before that Christmas truce, in 1931, here in the U.S., construction workers pooled their money together to put up a 20-foot Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center because they were so grateful to have jobs during the Great Depression. This 20-foot high balsam fir was decorated with garlands made by their own families. So many traditions that our generation of believers love, nativity scenes, silent night, Christmas trees, they were all once a brand new tradition. 
People saw nativity for the first time and they thought, yes, this will tell that story in a way that my children and my grandchildren will understand. A congregation heard the German words of Silent Night and it spread around the world into many languages. Is there a tradition this year that you might start? One that tells this familiar story all over again. One that can tell how God so loved the world that Christ was born. The divine took on a human body so that we would know that God is with us. A tradition that a hundred years from now will feel old and familiar to the families who gather to hear that ancient story again. How will they hear the words of the angel who said, do not be afraid. Look, I bring you good news, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. I don't know what traditions you may be inspired to continue or to start anew, but I do want to leave you with the words of this prayer poem. It's entitled every year and it was written by Reverend Sarah Speed from Sanctified Art. My heart and I have an agreement. Every year we show up here, here in the sanctuary, here with the candles and the tall ceilings, here with the creaky church pews and the songs of silent nights. My heart and I have an agreement. Every year we show up here at the end of the year, after another 12 months of humanity, of me trying to keep it all together, trying to keep my head above water, trying to keep up appearances. Every year we show up here, we drop it all and we leave it at the door. We come into this space and I swear it feels different. Maybe it's God, maybe it's hope, maybe it's love, but whatever it is, I need it every year. So we show up here. Tell us again the story of tonight. My heart needs it. Amen.